It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. To, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, I need everybody to just listen about what I'm going to say. Because I saw something today that I never thought in my life I would ever see it. But during pre-show, during prep of the program here, the Situation Room, folks, by the way, in conjunction with Cowboy Logic Radio, welcome to the family. You know what I'm saying? But I know where you're going. I got to watch Donna freaking Fiducia get that nice little powder brush and put a little bit of powder on Don Newman's nose, and it looks so yeah, cute. How yeah. you doing? There it is. <laughs> I powdered his all nose. All right, Stoochie. Payback's going to be a real mother. I powdered his That's nose. That's all right, Stooge. No, 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 no. You can't see me blushing right now because I got the powder on my face. And then Newman's well, like, our, our dude, guest you can... is going to attest to the fact that Dan Bongino wears powder on his face, so <laughs> we can all man up and put a little powder on our face from time to time. Well, I can't oh, confirm or deny uh, any of this information. No one did tell me that I can order it on. He said I can order it on Amazon too. I'm just saying for the record, but uh, you know, don't don't judge me. Um, It's it's just the way it is. So, uh, hey, folks, welcome to the program. Situation room in conjunction with Cowboy Logic Radio, of course. Me, the emotional meatball, Rocky Stuji. On each side of me, I have my family, Don Nguyen and Donna Fiducia, and we have a fantastic program for you tonight. Visit the websites CowboyLogic.us and of course the PatrioticReport.com. Donna Fiducia, I am excited about what we got going on tonight. I am too, because that young, handsome man you see on your screen, folks, is one Matt Palumbo. And Matt, I don't know how you do this, but he's written a book like almost every year since he was about two years old. In 2013, <laughs> and Matt Palumbo is the editor of the Bongino Report and writer of the Debunk This column. Okay, folks, he's a best-selling author, a New York Times best-selling author at age 19. That was back in 2013 when he wrote The Conscience of a Young Conservative. Do the math. 2014, In Defense of Classic Liberalism. 2017, A Paradoxical Alliance, the the uh, left's love with Islam. And in 2018, Spygate with Dan Bongino and 2020 debunk this and his newest book again, which I love because being from New York, you just can't beat it. There it is. And look at him. Dumb and dumber. That would be Cuomo and de Blasio. Matt Palumbo. Uh, Again, folks, you can find him on uh, BonginoReport.com and at Matt Palumbo, two T's. Palumbo 12 on all social media. Matt Palumbo, we've had you on Cowboy Logic Radio, but welcome to the Situation Report. And this is this is so cool because uh, we get to see you this time. It's not just radio. Yes, yeah, the first time we're doing video. It's a nice change. And thanks for having me back on. 
Well, tell us which one is dumb and which one is dumber. That's a great question. It, I mean, it's obviously, I think, uh, to some extent, the eye of the beholder. Um, I mean, I think probably de Blasio is dumber. Um, and I only say that because I think Cuomo is uh, much more calculated. Um, yeah. If he's doing something wrong, he knows it's wrong. If de Blasio is doing something crazy, like defunding the police, he's just a kooky ideologue and doesn't think through his ideas at all. Well, Cuomo has a greater ambition. So I, I would say de Blasio is the dumber one. Um but it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, he's uh, less evil or anything. I mean, I think in, in some cases, you could argue Cuomo is actually worse because he's the calculated one. And, you know, this week or actually the past month, we're learning a lot more about his behavior and mm. trying to threaten people within his administration who are, who are going to speak out against him. Um, and, and I mean, the fact that that the nursing home scandal that I talk about a lot in the book wasn't really an issue until the past month also says a lot about his ability to control the narrative because, you know, I was writing about all this back in July, you know, early back in June and July. Um, and a lot of it, and a lot of the new stuff we're hearing from the AG just confirms what I was saying back then. And I'm going, you know, how is it now in the world that you really, you know, quote unquote, officially uh, hearing about this? And, and why is it only now that his approval is starting to go down? So what bit I of a long answer to that is, simple question, but yeah. Well, the thing is, these blue state governors and mayors are like sociopathic. They really are. They just they just want control. They don't care about the their constituents at all. And what really gets me is, uh, I, Matt, you're up in the New Jersey area where I come from as well. And I've got friends up there that actually are like, OK, I'm going to wear two masks. You know, I might wear three masks if I have to. And it's I, OK I, if I, I berate them for not wearing three. <laughs> no, you really have to. And I've got a friend. No, I wore three the other night. Well, that was. Well, you're, no good, you're a good American. Don put, no, he put a nylon stocking over his head. And then, you know, he could walk into a bank and, and literally make a withdrawal yeah, with that one. nylon stocking on and not get arrested. <laughs> so, well, and down close. here, I carry into the bank. Well, that's true. So if I were to wear a mask, which I don't. <laughs> But if I were, I could literally put the little blue, you know, paper looking mask on. Then I could put a, you know, some kind of a message mask on, like a Trump mask or a censored mask or a Margie Taylor Green mask or whatever. And then one of Donnie's Donna's pantyhose I could put over my face. Because you don't want the seepage. Carry my handgun and go into my bank. <laughs> well, you'd be safe from coronavirus then. So <laughs> yeah. it is. It's just so ridiculous. All right, can we, Matt, can we go back to uh, what you were talking about a minute ago, which is really hot in the news right now, and have you give everybody a thumbnail sketch of what's going on with regard to Cuomo and the nursing home scandal? Mm. Can you unpack that for everybody that may not really be able to wrap their head around the severity of this? Yeah, so I'll give us an overview about the you know how it began, and then you know what we're finding out now that kind of confirms what I was saying in the book. And obviously, it's a bit frustrating uh, that I couldn't get all this info and time into the book because it, it's literally happening now. Um, but you know, hopefully, people sort of notice the book as a result. So, at all these backless advisory that Cuomo issued on March twenty fifth now known as the nursing home advisory. And the logic was they had all this extrapolation showing that their hospitals were going to be overwhelmed in New York and they need to free up space. So they had this great idea where they said, all right, we have people recovering from coronavirus. And then we have senior citizens in nursing homes who are the most likely to die from coronavirus. So uh, let's free up space by moving those people to nursing homes. Uh, what could possibly go wrong, right? So now they were taking people with coronavirus who, you know, may have been in the hospital for a few days, and I, I suppose were working under the assumption they were no longer symptomatic. Um, but there was no way to know because there was only one state in the country. Well, 
a number of states actually embarked on this horrible policy. Um, almost all blue states, and there's only one or two red states. Um, and, and New York was the only state in the union that actually banned testing of people being transferred from hospitals to nursing homes. So there was no way to test and see if anyone was still transmittable that had coronavirus previously was being treated. Obviously, people got, you know, ended up being transferred who, who did have, have the virus. And, and from there on out, it spread like wildfire. So within about two months of that policy, something like 6% of all people in New York's nursing homes died. Uh, New Jersey did a similar policy. 10% of all people died. Florida banned that policy and only 1.6% died. So, yes, there's, there were always going to be deaths in nursing homes, but it, it was three times higher over the time frame in New York. Uh, not only that, there was one county um, had a Republican mayor. Um, or one town, I should say, that had a Republican mayor in uh, in New York that said, well, this is stupid. We're not going to obey that policy. Uh, what do you know? Their nursing home had zero deaths over that time period. Um, now, it's the sample size of one ner- uh, hospital, but you, you, know, you saw nationally 6% versus 1.6% is obviously a major difference. And, you know, Cuomo House had all these weird, uh, contradictory um, uh, excuses for, for the policy. So he had his own Department of Health commission a study trying to exonerate themselves. And he was trying to argue that, well, you know, it wasn't actually the coronavirus patients. It was the nurses or the, the workers in the homes that brought in the virus. Um, so I, I started interviewing nurses who worked in New York, and they all told me, no, we got tested every single tip. So it would have been impossible for us to have brought it in. Um, and in fact, they got the correlation backwards. It was, it was the nurses got it from the coronavirus patients that was at the hospitals. Um, Cuomo was also then, and this was so bizarre, he tried to deny at one press conference, and you can look this up, it's, it's, un, it's unreal, but he tried to deny the policy even existed. He was like, or said something along the lines of, well, why would we have needed extra space? We had all those extra field hospitals that weren't used. So clearly we had capacity. And it's just, he's, I guess, hoping the media will buy the narrative as if we don't have that nursing home advisory on his website that he later took down an embarrassment. Um, and then he's, you know, the most recent thing we saw a few months ago, he basically said, who cares? He literally yeah, said, they died. Yeah. They his, died. His, one of what logic was. Arrogance. Well, yeah, he was going, well, if you died of coronavirus, you died of coronavirus. Why does it matter if it's in a nursing home? And we're like, well, because he wouldn't have died without your policy. Like, there was a study out claiming that there was an extra thousand uh, nursing home deaths as a result of this policy. And I think it's actually probably way more than that. I think probably, I mean, if the difference in Florida was 1.6% versus 6%, I wouldn't be surprised if two-thirds of the nursing home deaths were caused by that. And and one of the other reasons, too, we know that Cuomo's the deflections here or, or denials or BS is because he tried to hide the truth death toll. Um, in fact, the way they were covering these deaths was if you get coronavirus in a nursing home, then you get transferred to a hospital and die, they didn't count as a nursing home death. So in the book, I asked, you know, there was, I think, 6,000 deaths at the time I was writing. Um, I estimated it was probably around 12,000, 10 and 12,000, uh, if you make the right adjustments. Then the AG report came out last month, and, they, and when the AG report was, was published, there was 8,500 nursing home deaths. It turns out there was about 12,500. So the numbers are more or less in line. They were undercounting by 50%. And, you know, why, why else would they do that unless they knew they kind of screwed up pretty badly? What really gets me is the fact that this guy, you know, through the entire last year, really was considered a god. Oh, he's handling it the right way. He's doing this. In fact, when Biden, yeah, really, when Biden was obviously pretty feeble, and as he still is, they were talking about switching it out and putting him in there for president. And now if you've got the AG of your state going after you, you've obviously screwed up. 
Oh, and that's the thing, too, is AG is actually a pretty big partisan on the left. She's going after Trump and the Trump organization and trying to, like, subpoena Eric Trump for all this crazy stuff. So her bias is way against the right. The fact that she and all these other people are turning against Cuomo is uh, proves there's a problem. But then again, I, I think you've probably heard me say this in War Room. They're only saying this because they got caught. You know, we've known this for close to a year now. Well, not quite a year. It happened in March, but close to a year. Um, and, and it's only now that because of the AG report that people are actually criticizing him. And then all of a sudden, it's, oh, my God, we got to distance ourselves from this guy. Well, they must have known for at least eight months what was going on here. You know, it's funny because while I'm listening to this conversation, you know, we hear Cuomo, uh, we hear how they just kind of throw deaths to the side. It, how do, why does it matter where they died? And then all of a sudden I'm having these flashbacks about Hillary Clinton when she was referring to, I believe it was Benghazi. Uh, yeah, so what difference does it make? What difference it's, does it make? It's, 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 yeah. Could you imagine if this was Trump or if somebody that was a Republican that was responsible for this, how savage the media, the left-wing media would be tearing Republicans apart in this exact same situation? Well, we see how Republicans get torn apart for for continuing the policies of their predecessor. Like half the uh, immigration, or not half, like the um, the quote unquote kids in cages policy uh, under Trump. That was an Obama era policy, and Trump's the one who got excoriated for it. No one even talks about uh, you know, the fact that Biden that it was Obama. I mean, it, to, to be fair, you have to hold people somewhere, so it, it's going to be kids in X, but. You know, I don't know what the alternative is, but the point is Trump got all the blame for it. And he had nothing to do with it. Yeah, nothing to do with it. All I do is hashtag double standard all the time because that's what it is. You know, as far as what was going on with Hunter Biden, they're not looking at that. And yet Eric Trump and, you know, Don Jr., whoever was at Trump Tower for that 15 minute meeting, yep. I believe Don Jr. said he did something like 37 hours of uh, questioning with the FBI or whomever that want to talk to him about it. Meanwhile, it's Hunter Biden. And Joe says, well, you know, he's working it out. He's working it out with the China. The double standards, just crazy. But, you know, we, we laugh about the title of your book, Matt Palumbo, Dumb and Dumber. And you've got de Blasio and Cuomo up there. And it's a cute title, but it's a serious, serious issue. And uh, for somebody to be able to write about it, I commend you because it's not it's not easy. You've got somebody like Janice Dean, whom I worked with at Fox, who lost both of her in-laws within three weeks in nursing homes early on. And none of this, like Trump got on in, in uh, April, I believe it is, because I look back on my phone. I saw it was during the month of April where he said we should use hydroxychloroquine. And they were all over him for that and showing the memes with him shooting up with, uh, you know, a, a bottle of Clorox or something. It's it's really unbelievable if you look back on the whole last year and how they knew what was going on. But because of Trump derangement syndrome, quite honestly, in my opinion, and the fact that they they would be willing to do anything to try to hurt Donald Trump. They didn't care how many people they killed. Yeah, and I mean the the media is actually probably the biggest reason I wrote the book was just when coronavirus started. I, you know, I was what do I know about epidemiology? I figure all right, I'll try to learn as much as I can about this thing. It's gonna be a huge uh, news item. Um, and it seemed that every, Cuomo was the guy they crowned king. He was a go to guy who figured out what to do. So. And then at the same time, they were they were um, complaining about Sweden, which resisted lockdowns and had like more voluntary measures. And they were talking about you know how it, you know how horrible it is there. And then I was like, all right, well, let's compare New York's death toll to Sweden's, and New York's was like twice as bad. 
at the same time, they're pushing the narrative, New York's doing everything right and Sweden's horrible. And I'm going, well, how does that add up? So I just started digging more into Cuomo and I'm going, all right, so if New York was its own country, it would have more coronavirus deaths than any in the world. How is how is this the guy who will claim he figured this out? And even Dr. Fauci tried to claim that his model was the best, which proves, you know, how little he knows. Well, clearly. <laughs> He's yeah. a joke. That, yeah. That's well, an what I don't get about him is like, how do we have one guy? Who's disseminating all the like? Isn't this who hasn't seen a patient in right. twenty years? Yeah, I'm like, we need like a hundred scientists to you know crowdsource yeah. all their you know all their their brain power together and give us a consensus. We got one dude named Tony. Like, <laughs> well, we had America, one of America's frontline doctors, on earlier this week, and she was saying how great hydroxychloroquine is. You look at sub-Saharan Africa with a population very similar to that of the United States, and they've had maybe a thousand deaths. Because hydroxychloroquine is available over the counter without a prescription, and people take it obviously for malaria. Malaria, yeah. yeah. I, I remember reading that as well. And I had a friend who even had antibodies and, and thought it might have actually been busy gas taking out in the past on uh, the virus. Um, but yeah, it is interesting, and it is. I think there was one study by like Henry Ford Health System. I might be getting the name wrong. That did end up, you know, showing it worked. And but of course, immediately anytime there's one study showing otherwise, that's the only one that gets any attention. Exactly. Well, Donna and I had both had COVID. We, we had. talked about this on I the show too. quite a bit. And back in March and April of 2020, we made a decision. First of all, we're stopping watching Fauci altogether and Burks and her scarf and any of the other talking heads. Yeah. And what we decided to do was start listening to our own personal doctors. And all three of them collectively said, hey, if it changes, we're going to change. But right now we're doing hydroxychloroquine and z Stop living your life if you get COVID and start living your life for when you get COVID. So we started taking zinc. We started taking D3, pumping that into us, some vitamin C. And we stopped wearing the damn masks, stopped using the hand sanitizer because all we were doing was killing our own immune system. And we decided, all right, let's live this a little differently. We did. We made it all the way to the end of November of 2020 when we contracted COVID-19. We immediately, within 36 hours, were pumping hydroxychloroquine and z into our bodies. And the symptoms of COVID-19 lasted about 36 hours. Now, we yeah. did have some fatigue that lasted a couple of weeks. But most of that was, quite frankly, sitting on our ass at the house. Yeah. Not doing anything, which we're still doing. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so, <laughs> you know, that was a little bit. But we still Donna and I went to the barn every day while we had COVID and we mucked stalls and cleaned horses and worked. We came back up here. We were a lot. We were a lot more tired than we normally are. But we made it through it. I lost my sense of taste and smell for yeah, three. Big that, was, days. that was the worst part. I it, I got it. And then I didn't have the taste loss yet. I made myself like a really nice steak for dinner. And then the first bite, I'm like, no, oh, no. no. Oh, you lo- when did you have COVID? When did you come um, down with it? End of December. I couldn't see my parents for Christmas because I was going to wait like two weeks before I, you know, uh, made any contact just, just in case. Um, it was probably, and I got my whole, my, both my roommates sick as well, unfortunately, but they, you know, weathered in a day. Um, I think it took me two or three days to get over it and, yeah, it was the fatigue, but I worked through it. I mean, I took like, you know, take like a nap every couple of hours in the middle of work for like a half hour, but it was nothing too serious or anything. Like but that because you're from New Jersey, you weren't allowed to, you, you didn't get to take hydroxychloroquine, right? No, I mean, I didn't even see a doctor for it. I just stayed home. I had a lot of zinc and water and that was and vitamin D. So you to ride it out. Well, and yeah, you're exactly. a third of our age. Yeah, that's true. Half our age. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, a third. Like <laughs> <laughs> my roommate's laughing. Bad. <laughs> and he, again, folks, we are talking to Matt Palumbo. Show us the book, <laughs> Matt. Oh, yeah, Keep, oh, yeah, let's plug the book. New York Times best-selling author in his twenties. Still, it's just amazing. The picture is actually the classic. Huh? The picture is classic on that. Oh, yeah, that book. Really, are I'm you really kidding me? The, <laughs> the last time you were on Cowboy Logic Radio, you sent us a picture of what the cover was going to be. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah, I'm really. How long does it take you to write one of these books? You've got one, two, three, four, like six, seven books. So it's, I mean, different length. I mean, the first one took me two and a half years, but I was still learning how to research at that time. Um, and also, like, I've gotten more efficient with the process. For instance, you know, formatting 300 footnotes could take me 40 hours. Now I'll just pay someone 10 bucks an hour to do it and, you know, not do it <laughs> oh, myself. Oh, so you know the nice. shortcuts. Nice. Correct, yeah. Um, you know, I just got better. used to call those cliff notes when yeah. I was in school. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I've gotten better knowing, like, where to look for a certain data and all that, just what sources are best for certain things. I mean, this is actually my shortest book. It took me about two months to write. Um, and I just, you know, wrote it in between my, my limited take me free two time. months to read. <laughs> Well, I got lucky. So you know, the publisher pitched it to me, and at the time, I was writing a lot about the nursing home scandal, um, uh, and then just other general things that I could later turn to the book. So, like, I've written a lot about why people are leaving blue states to red states, and mm-hmm. all I had to do was redo the research specific to New York. Um, I've done a lot about the defund the police movement, and you know, uh, the, I did a whole uh, section of law and order in New York and the decline of law and order, I should say. So, I just sort of had a general framework for everything I was going to talk about, and then it was just a you know a question of filling in the blanks and how to do that and organize it the best way. How Rock, about, how are we doing on time, buddy? Oh, we're good. We got a, well, we got about four minutes, about four minutes All before right. we have to be off. Real quick, I just want to ask you, Matt, the, the fact that they're attacking DeSantis in Florida. Now, Florida has a larger population than New York City now or New York now because um, so many people have gone to Florida and they're attacking DeSantis. Obviously, it's a red state. Uh, the politics is just in my opinion, so obvious. And uh, what is the, what are the feelings up there in New York and the New Jersey area as far as that's concerned? It's interesting. I will help hear people talking about Florida, like the free for all, but they have half or about half as many deaths as New York did uh, per capita. And, you know, not as, you know, not as strict restrictions. And I mean, there are, are counter examples. Like you can look at South Dakota and say, well, they didn't have any restrictions. And I think they're the fifth highest in deaths. However, they also have a 3% unemployment rate. So, you know, the trade-offs between you know, the economy and, and reducing the virus, you know, the, the, the conventional wisdom early on was, you know, the virus is going to hurt the economy no matter what, because people aren't going to go out as much, um, uh, you know, and so they're not going to spend as much and all that. Turns out that's not really so much true. It turns out it really was the lockdowns that hurt people. And, you know, Florida's pace, not very many restrictions. You know, about average death rate, low unemployment. South Dakota, high death rate, but but lower unemployment than before the pandemic. And you have to realize, too, like, I remember, I have to fact check this, but do you ever see the movie The Big Short? Yeah. But remember there's that scene where, um, where uh, who was it, Ben? Uh, no, Brad I know Pitt, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Brad Pitt's character was saying, Fading. like, yeah. what are you celebrating there's going to be a collapse? And you know that for every 1% increase in unemployment, like 60,000 people kill themselves. Now, I don't know if that's exactly the right stat, but you also have to factor that into account when you talk about places like South Dakota. Like, yes, they may have had more deaths, but they also are not having those other forms of deaths as well. So, uh, you know, it's just it's not as simple as the coronavirus death rate as well. And then it's obviously the problem is compound in places in New York where you have lockdowns, huge coronavirus deaths, and then all the economic ramifications. So it's really the worst of both worlds. 
no school. The kids are yeah, uh, right. are having all kinds of problems with addiction, abuse. Yep. Some are, you know, suicides are way up. The same with California. As Trump said early on again, but everything he says is toxic. I really almost wish he would use reverse psychology. The cure can't be worse than the virus itself. And unfortunately, it is. Well, you know, but, Donna, um, you know, to be fair too, you know, now we've had two very credible doctors on this program, very credible doctors that both said that if this would have been treated with the $3 pill and it would have, it would have been dosed right, we could have cut back in the hundreds of thousands of deaths. We didn't have to imprison our elderly in the nursing homes. Uh, the middle class businesses would still be open. Uh, people would still be going to work every single day. Our children would be in our educational system, not being taken over by our teachers unions right now. All this probably wouldn't be at the elevation that it's at right now, but here we are, folks. It's an example of no one's actually following the science. Like, even if it turned out hydroxychloroquine didn't work, that's something that requires rigorous study. And it was two seconds after Trump recommended it, they went, no, no, of course not. And, and we see this. He says he's yeah. toxic. To them. And we see this even with Biden and the CDC. They're going, yeah, no, we can we can go back to school. Even Dr. Fauci is saying, yeah, we, it's safe to go back to school already. And all of a sudden, the Biden administration is going, well, maybe one day a week within 100 days from now, which yeah. in time, it's school, it's time for uh, uh, summer break by then anyway. So that's what I want to get to uh, for the yeah. second half. Talk about how uh, Johns Hopkins doctor is even saying we've hit herd immunity. This yeah. is really crazy. And it seems like I mean, you can go to a blue state and you get a totally different idea of what's going on than you do in a red state. Yep. Amen. Hey, folks on the program. And I, you know, it's weird. I kind of feel like I have to say it like this, but we got our, our guest, our friend Matt Palumbo. How you doing? You know what I'm saying? On the program with us right now, of course, Donna Fiducia, Don Nguyen, and me, the Emotional Meatball, Rocky Stucci, CowboyLogic.us, and of course, ThePatrioticReport.com. Look Matt up on Twitter at MattPalumbo12. MattPalumbo12, as you can see on the lower third right there, ladies and gentlemen. We got a whole other segment of this. Do not go anywhere. You are listening to The Situation Room in conjunction with Cowboy Logic Radio. Do not go anywhere. We'll be right back. Stand by. All right, folks, welcome back to the second segment of the Situation Room, conjunction with uh, Cowboy Logic Radio, CowboyLogic.us, ThePatrioticReport.com. We have our guest, Matt Palumbo, on the program, having a little conversation with us, if you know what I'm talking about, Donna Fiducia. Well, you know, our, our, our names <laughs> end in talk a vowel. Talking talk Jersey. Yo, you know, our name ends in a vowel. No, the thing is, where I come from, actually not far from where Matt is right yeah. now. Yeah, but too, when you live down in Colts have, Neck, you started sounding like Marissa Tomei. That's true. Colts Neck, like South Jersey, is really bad. And I was there, Matt, for about like a year. And I'm, I, I got to move back up to Morris County because <laughs> this is so bad. I hey, can hear talk myself about, slurring let's, the Let's R's. find out. Talk about the, uh, the Chinese dinner. Or, the Chinese food oh, here. I bet the Chinese food here is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, Matt Palumbo. Well, it's Italian night here on yes. the Situation Room. <laughs> Except for you, with the Irish, With the sick Irishman. <laughs> this is true. Matt Palumbo has a new book out. Can we see? Show, show the cover there, Matt. It's so great. Dumb and dumber, folks. And you just get two more people with vowels at the end of their name, although de Blasio isn't really Italian. Anyhow, Matt has written. <laughs> He's so not many, really human. It's true. I don't <laughs> think he is. 
Very true. Matt, He's an Matt, FON, a freak of nature. He is. Matt writes for you probably heard of him because he writes for the Bongino Report, Bongino.com, and the Debunk This column. The BonginoReport.com is the best way to get hold of Matt. And also, if you want him on social media, it's Matt Palumbo, two T's, Matt Palumbo 12, on all the social media sites. Hopefully, Parlor will get up soon. But his new book, as you just saw, Dumb and Dumber. Why are you raising your hand? Let me finish saying Matt's. I have something I want to say, and the I just parlor want to is get up. your attention. Parlor Okay, well, I need to say after you intro him. Yes, I need to say something. OK, let me finish saying what is it is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Books are, okay? <laughs> the Conscience of a Young Conservative, which he wrote in 2013 at age 19. 2014, in defense of classic liberalism. 2017, a paradoxical alliance, which is the left's love with Islam. That's a biggie. 2018, Spygate, which he did with Dan Bongino. Last year, he did debunk this name pretty much after the column that he does. And now, as you just saw, dumb and dumber. So Matt Palumbo, besides writing for Dan Bongino, man, he can crank him out. And he is a New York Times best selling author and you can read him on a bunch of different websites as well published in national review the american thinker real clear markets um the mises institute which we love and again of course bongino.com so don's raising his hand do you have to go to the bathroom is that no no but rocky and i are we sit in the back of the class yes you're the teacher you roll your eyes i do uh on a very serious note ladies and gentlemen the bongino report you need to find this. If you're, if you're not going there every day, multiple times a day, you need to go there. And here's why. First of all, conservatives and libertarians are made look like fools because so many times we get sucked into reposting something that has not been vetted. And we look like fools and we get played by the left and by foreign agents. The Bongino report is a concise way to find anything you need to find out about various categories of interest, and they've all been vetted. Because the guy that you see on the screen here is not going to put something on the Bongino report that is not vetted. You can repost, you can share, you can like, and you can do it with confidence because Matt Palumbo's done all the hard work for you. He's not going to put something on there that is not vetted and credible information. I bookmark it. I probably check it three or four times throughout the day. The Drudge Report is in the septic tank. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And this is the new site to go to. The Bongino Report and the guy you're looking at on the screen next to us is the reason that it is so damn credible and valuable. Amen. But you won't Matt, find thank his, you. You won't find it's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> the media say that forever.
Thank you very much. I, mean, the, I will say though, the uh, the uh, entertainment and sports section is not heavily vetted, but everything else is. Uh, oh, okay. Well, that's all we need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's down. That's below the fold. So we're correct. Good. It is a, one of the lower uh, sections of the site. Um, but yeah, it's the go-to site for us now. We've got a bookmark yeah. because we can get all the information in one spot, which makes it a lot easier. And that's the whole point behind it, which works out really good. Rocky, you had a question. You're shaking your head. No, no, no. I was going to say that um, uh, parlor is up. It is back up. Um, oh, really? Yep. Okay. But um, <sighs> what is going to happen? What is your, uh, Matt, what is your future? Yeah, what was that? That was an Italian gesture there. Yeah, it was a long day. It was a, where did my brain just go? What is your future? Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna look at you as a psychic right now, a psychic medium, and I need some magic coming from you. Uh-oh. <laughs> what do you see, my brother? Um, in the next 30 days, in the next 45 days in regards to the nursing home crisis, because to me it is a crisis and families had to bury people they loved. Is somebody, and hopefully the people that we are referring to, going to be held responsible or is this going to be another democratic scandal that just kind of slithers into the sea and people just seem to miraculously forget about it? It's tough to say. Because I remember when I was writing Spygate, I was thinking to oh. myself, man, a lot of people are going to go down for this. And then, uh, you know, nothing happened. Um, now, in terms of nursing home scandal, I think it's going to be one of those situations, if it does escalate criminally, where the crime is the cover up. Because we, we know, thanks to that call aide, Melissa LaRosa, that she was apologizing to other Democrats for the scandal, um, not because, you know, not, not because uh, of people who died, but because it might hurt Democrats in their races. Um, but what she also did was deliberately uh, acknowledge that the, that the deaths were being covered up and said it was for the explicit uh, purpose of avoiding a DOJ probe. Um, now, that does count as an obstruction of justice, even though there wasn't a probe ongoing. So, so, you know, we, we the, the tough thing is, you know, uh, there being consequences, at least at the federal level, would be contingent on the Biden DOJ doing the right thing. <laughs> you know, I, I won't get my hopes up. Um, I mean, we saw how little control uh, Trump even seemed to have uh, over the FBI and DOJ under him, um, and nothing like that was Spygate. So, you know, it's hard to be optimistic, although, you know, the fact that a Democrat AG is going after him, you know, maybe there's some reason for optimism there. Um, though I don't know what her true motives are. I mean, is she using this strategically for her own benefit? You know, who knows? Um, but, you know, if something does happen, it will be for the cover-up, hopefully. Well, it's like Nixon found out. It's not the crime. It's the cover up. And, you know, you talk about the DOJ. Barr was just totally useless while he was working for Trump. And something that I didn't know about that uh, Peter Navarro was talking about, and that is that all of these executive orders have to be vetted by the Department of Justice, which means Barr was working on all these executive orders that Biden, you know, just wrote out on immediately as soon as he got into office. I think we're up to over 50 now, 52, 55, whatever, lost count. But that meant Barr was basically double-crossing Trump. He was playing both sides of the fence. Trump wanted to do some executive orders, and he kind of held off on it. He didn't put in a special counsel like we were hoping he would do. That didn't work. And then all of a sudden, like an onslaught comes as soon as Biden gets in with Barr clearing a lot of these executive orders. It's um. Yeah. A so that was the Durham, the Durham report, too. I think we were told by yeah. summer it would come out and then all right, maybe a week after the election. And now, it's yeah, we'll get done eventually. And, and I think Merrick Garland actually said uh, during his testimony today, he, he's open to I mean, he didn't say he was going to, but made it seem like he was somewhat open to keeping it from a public even when it is finished. So we, yeah. we, we might even he's not say. even hiding it. He's yeah. not even hiding. Well, it full disclosure, it doesn't need to be released. He does not. He is not. He is not compelled by law to release that to the public. 
the thing is, the public certainly should see this. I'm so. not holding my breath. You know, if it were yeah, reversed, exactly. they'd be all over it if we're Trump. That's that's really the main thing. Hey, real quick, while while we're on the subject of legalities, what's your take on the situation that the Supreme Court has decided to hear absolutely none of these states right. with the voter fraud situation? I mean, I just don't get why they can't just take one. I mean, it, the thing is, too, I mean, this is something we need precedent on, and there's going to be another election in four years, and I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's healthy for, you know, half the country to be kind of wondering, is this legitimate or not? So I, I would say just take one just so we can have, you know, at least some closure, uh, regardless if we're happy with it or not. But, no, the fact that they took none is uh, – Depressing. Although, on the other hand, it shows that all those people hysterical that uh, Amy Coney Barrett and Kavanaugh would do Trump's bidding mindlessly. It turns out they were all wrong, too. Not like they'll ever acknowledge that. But. Well, Thomas was not at all pleased. Yeah. Nope. In his dissent, he made yeah, it, was a, it, it was a great dissent from him. Yes, it was. Yeah, he was awesome. And that's the thing. All we want is closure. Just give us a chance to look at it. I mean, here in Georgia, we watched live during the Senate <laughs> runoff that they were stealing the vote. And Jovan Pulitzer, whom we've had on the show as well, was actually there and came in and spoke to the the uh, I guess it was a special committee of the legislature. It wasn't a full legislature because Kemp wouldn't call it because it was, uh, I guess, before January 10th, whenever that was. So what happened was while the runoff was still going on, he was able to tap into these machines using a thermostat on the wall and he was able to prove it. And he goes, we're in. And I'm watching uh, live on TV. Right now, I can see it right now. Screaming at the TV going, what do you want to do? Stop the vote. The lawmakers were looking at him like deer in the headlights. They didn't know what. Oh, I remember I saw a kind of video of some like, I can't remember what Ivy League school he was at, but he a professor there. And it was like a video from maybe 10 years ago. And he was showing how easy it is to hack a voting machine. And then, of course, that clip went viral after the election. And now he's trying to walk it back and be like. Yeah, it's possible, but, you know, it doesn't mean it happened. And I'm going, well, but the fact that it's possible means it's something we should be protecting against at the very minimum. What are they afraid of? Let it come out. I mean, they're even fighting in Maricopa County out in uh, Arizona when they've forced these people. They're saying they're going to throw them in jail. They still won't come out with the evidence here in Georgia. We had a person who we also had on our show actually taping them uh, a video of them destroying the ballots. It was a shredding company. And one of the guys in the legislature goes, well, how do you know it was ballots? And she goes, because <laughs> it, it said ballot on it. L-L-O-T-S on it. I mean, this hey, is let's, what we're uh, dealing with. Let's do a shameless plug. Matt, hold the book up again. Uh, one more. Very Ladies good, and gentlemen, uh, we'll do it more. We've got some time here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you have to support conservative voices and conservative pens. You got to do it. That's right. Because I guarantee you, that the uh, the response that Matt gets on this book is not going to be the truth. It's not going to be the truth. You have to go in, buy the book, and then do a review on it and pound the reviews. Dan Bongino knows the importance of those reviews, and so do you, right, Matt? Yep. Yeah, we actually got a lot of feedback uh, for the book. Actually, Newt Gingrich, we got, we got a copy, and he read it and loved it. Um, Bannon loved it. Um, and then actually uh, Joe Borelli, who I think he's only one of two Republicans in New York City City Council. Um, he read the book and thought it was great. Um, and it's not just COVID, too. So I do I put it in three sections. They're pretty much equal length. Um, first is COVID, obviously. Second is just the economics of New York, why people are leaving, and just, you know, why you'd never want to live there for, you know, various amount of fiscal reasons. Uh, and the last third is about the deterioration of law and order. And that's the chapter that's the most de Blasio specific. 
or just give a you know a history of crime in New York and talk about what it was like before, like under Dinkins and before Giuliani, and you know just the environment that existed and what Giuliani did to reverse all that. And I just show all these areas and all these parallels where we're kind of going back to all the pre-Giuliani uh, setup. And then you know we did see a doubling in the murder rate last year, and it, it's clearly mm. uh, a you know, I got carjackings, everything. Yeah, is everything I got a, a question. Um, you know, we followed the Russian collusion investigation and it ran dry. Um, we're looking at uh, Hunter Biden, uh, it, not just in China, but some of the dealings in the Ukraine. Uh, we're looking at some of the actions in the United States right now when it comes to election fraud, voter fraud. Uh, we're looking at criminality within politicians in multiple states right now. Now, before I ask this question, Matt, I want to point out that I am not sitting here thinking that every federal Bureau of Investigation uh, representative is corrupt. Uh, we know that there are some damn good men and women out there that are going to work diligently every single day to protect the integrity and freedoms of this country. The unfortunate part is I believe that some of the right people are the ones that are corrupt. Um, do you think that the American people hopefully one day will catch on to this corruption that is going to where these same organizations that we expect to protect the integrity of this country have gone turncoat on this country and they are supporting some of the highest criminal politicians that we have in office right now? Do you think the American people will wake up and see what is actually going on in our country right now? I mean, I think large segments of the population will. Um, you know, I, it's funny. I mean, everyone has a sense of the system being unfair, regardless if you're a Republican or Democrat. It's just how it manifests itself that you think mm-hmm. it's unfair. Um, so, like, you know, a liberal might think it's ranking by police officers. Uh, you know, obviously that's not true. You know, we think within the FBI, you know, the wrecking file people are actually probably more on our side, but it's the people up top that are pulling the strings in of all the power. Um, it, it's tough because. You know, the, the media minus a couple networks is all on the left. They, they don't tell you know, the narratives that, that we tell, um, you know, the correct ones. Um, so it's just a question of how to get that information out there. And, you know, Spygate, I think, was a very well-done book. Obviously, I'm a bit biased. But, uh, you know, it, it's how do I sell that to a liberal and get it to sit down and read it? So it is definitely a challenge. It's your brainwashed government schools. And now they don't even want the kids to go to school. In my opinion, we shouldn't be paying school taxes at this point. Let people go to charter schools. That's the thing. I mean, it's we're paying people to, I mean, at the maximum work from home. And and it's just, I I don't know. And it's, it's, it's not the same for the kids. I mean, it is, you know, part of the function of school is, I mean, there's the benefits of being socialized with other kids. I don't think I need to explain that. And B, I mean, I know those, uh, California teachers that I caught in the video were saying in a condescending way, like they want their babysitters back. But yeah, when you're paying $10,000 a year in property taxes in New Jersey, yeah, one of the benefits is you don't have, you can actually have a career, but you don't have to watch your kids at home like you do with their own Zoom. So yeah, that is a totally valid complaint. Um, and, you know, anything that results in me paying less taxes, that'd be fine. Well, there's no accountability for success with the teachers' unions. That's what's running. Joe Biden. They couldn't get well, away with that with I, Trump. I don't know how you deny that. Because, like, how anyone could deny that? Because everyone, you know, they, they said we're going to follow the science, as I said before. <laughs> the CDC is saying go back to school. Fauci saying go back to school. There was actually there was an article in, in the New York Times last week um, where they, they interviewed the like 200 epidemiologists or it might have been pediatricians. Almost all of them to a different degrees of regulations and go back to school. So there's no other explanation other than the, the him being beholden to the teachers unions. 
Well, well and Fauci, and, and, you know, yeah. you, you follow the money trail with Fauci. Yeah. And, and that, got, that actually isn't an area where I think people are waking up left and right. Mm-hmm. That well, they are teaching. You know, they're not kids' unions. They don't have their interests in mind. It's just teachers. And even you know, even before coronavirus, you could look at like the agenda items at the uh, NJEA's annual meetings. You look at it and go, all right, more benefits for teachers, more pay for teachers. This, this, this. You go, nothing about education, nothing about kids. And and you know, I think people are finally starting to wake up in that regard. Mm-hmm. We go to parent teachers meetings. That's the same thing that you, you sit there and you say to the unions, at what point the union leaders, at what point are you going to talk about the kids? And right. they don't care. They talk about benefits. They talk right. about this. So when I was in uh, New York media, I believe the average was about $15,000 a year per child. And that's most right. didn't even graduate in six years Jeez. in New York City. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, so that's your money. And you talk about the uh, broken, what are they called? The broken glass a theory of policing yeah. or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was a theory. style jumping. Yeah. So it was, it was a theory by this uh, criminologist named James Q. Wilson. Um, and he did this famous experiment where he left like a really nice car in a kind of not so nice neighborhood. Um, and a lot of a surprising amount of time went by before anyone tried to burglarize it. It might have been a week or two. And, you know, obviously eventually people, you know, tried to steal it. But point is a lot of time went by so he, he redid the, the experiment i can't remember if it was the same neighborhood but or a you know, neighborhood with a similar crime statistics only difference was he broke one of the windows in on the car and within like 15 minutes the whole thing was ravaged for parts and everything uh, and his point was well if you show that people don't respect something you also won't other people won't respect it um so if you're in an air with a lot of graffiti um if there is you know pro- open air prostitution open air drinking gambling all these little vices it, it can in theory lead to more serious crimes or at least more of the smaller crimes and you know you're, you're you know generally decent people don't want to be around that so they're all going to be gone and you know what kind of uh, activities those kind of behaviors are going to uh, well that's what giuliani did after mayor yeah. dinkins i was there for both of yeah. them and yeah, so, what happened was you arrest those that jump the turnstiles and everybody yeah. goes, well, they're only jumping the turnstiles. No big right. deal. Well, no, because you don't know that they might rape or attack somebody or rob them or beat the crap out of somebody on the train. And, and when these, you get these low level crimes off the street, a lot of the upper level crimes don't happen. And a lot of it's about just sending a message too. like mm-hmm. you're saying people were OK with this and people will. You know, things will escalate from there. Um, obviously, too, Giuliani did hire a lot of police as well. That also helps a tremendous amount. But yeah, there were even things like aesthetic improvements, like a mask campaigning against graffiti or or the against the squeegee man and all these little things. And I actually talk about in the book the squeegee men are coming back to New York City. Uh, uh, they're cutting their graffiti. I ask there's, you about that. Yeah, there's a surge in graffiti. They they had a some some of COVID relief funds went to prostitutes. Like all these crazy things that happened pre Giuliani are now coming back. And once again, it's a company this huge crime wave and you know whether or not they're 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 linked I, I don't know but they certainly do seem to be correlated to some extent so, any chance that giuliani's son's gonna run for mayor i should uh, i should ask the war room people to ask him for me actually i'm not sure though that would be interesting to see just the name well like just the curtis name lee. would help cut back on I like crime. curtis lee with though too guardian angels oh, he's great yeah he supposedly is running he's um i've interviewed him a couple of times he's like very guy. flamboyant certainly knows donna, new york donna yeah <laughs> if you're gonna walk around in central park in the middle of the no, night it was prospect park prospect park in the middle of the night it's Bambi season. No, what well, happened? How did that go? That was you. You say it better than he I was do actually too. one of the main reasons why I got the job at the Fox News Channel because I put an interview I did with Curtis on my reel. And what happened was, I hate to say it, I was covering a rape at Prospect Park oh. in Brooklyn. Donna and he says to me, Donna, <laughs> Donna, you know, 
If you're going to go walking or jogging through Prospect Park in the middle of the night, you're Bambi and it's hunting season. <laughs> it's funny, right, but it's though. not funny. But the thing is, this is what was going on. And Giuliani cracked down on that stuff. And uh, it's all coming back. You're, you've got these poor people who are trying to hang on to their restaurants and their businesses that have to put up tents outside that got knocked down when snow fell on them. I mean, it's just insanity. And the logic of it, it's like, all right, we can't have indoor dining, but we can have indoor dining outside. Outside. Right. But it's 10 degrees <laughs> yeah, exactly. in a tent. Uh, that makes hey, sense. Matt, you may not be able to discuss this at all for, uh, for quite frankly, for legal reasons, but a lot of us, many of the viewers are members of parlor. And for a couple of months, we've all been sitting around going, what the hell's going on? Right. Right. You know, and we're waiting on Dan to, to update us. Now he may have over the past couple of days, I have not listened, but it, can you give us any inside baseball on parlor and really kind of what's going on with that because we're huge supporters yeah so i don't like i don't like get any inside scoops running here him like most of the time we've just talked about junior report um it is up now i think it's been up for uh, maybe about a week about a week um, yeah correct yeah, about a week and you know it seems like i mean it seems like, not, like uh, this is just from, i like, can't get in yeah i really? can't get in either so i know if you already downloaded the app even though it's no longer on the app. So if you had it before and yeah. never deleted it, you should be able to get in. Um, yeah. Browser? I don't know. Browser? I haven't been able to. That's yep, what that's I what get. Mine looks I'm like going to try really quick. Hold on. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's yeah. something that you have I mean, to And I'm not trying to debunk you, bro. It's a wor- but- <laughs> no, the browser's working on my end. So I don't know. Um from what I heard from, I'm I thinking think Bongino sure. might be playing favorites there with the yeah, uh, user. That could be why. Huh? Um, I don't. I'm a favorite. Know. I'm a favorite. <laughs> Are you in? Oh, I've been in. I've been posting. I got stuff to say. No one. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. Um, yeah, I mean, how about how about Trump at CPAC? Maybe it's user weekend? error on my part. Give us a, give us some some of your take on that one, Matt. <laughs> uh, well, I do think it's important. I mean, it, it is interesting that I, I remember like there were so many liberals after the election who were like, "Yeah, we don't have to talk about Trump anymore." And uh, if you go on MSNBC's uh, homepage yesterday, which I don't recommend, uh, there was twenty five stories about Trump and fourteen about Biden. So he, he's clearly someone we're never going to stop talking about if even the left can't shut about him um and i do think you know it his republican party is a new party um it, it is a populist party he is returning into a working class party um and i do think that is a promising thing for the future of the party and uh you know it, even if he's not going to run again or uh anything like that I, I do think it is helpful to have him at the helm um because, you know, whether or not the establishment likes it, he had the highest uh, internal approval rating of any Republican president among Republicans. So clearly it's resonated with people. And um, from what I'm reading, I think someone leaked it to Axios. So you take it with a grain of salt. That that will be the, the theme of his speech is him kind of taking control of the party and, and giving a path forward for what, what's to come next. Well, man, we got about five minutes. But, you know, let me go back to the uh, question I brought up in regards to the FBI. And then, you know, and, and, you know, we're having a big culture clash right now. We're having a big clash of ideologies. And, and so when you just started talking about Trump and the obsession with the left-wing media, 
you know, I, I think, you know, and I said it lots of times, you know, I, I'm a pro-Trumper. I supported him, and I will continue to support him. But I think it's even much greater than that. I think he woke a lot of conservatives up that were maybe in hibernation to really what we're looking at in this country right now, because we're really looking at some very radicalized ideological views coming from the left with the bathroom situation, with the sports situation. Uh, you know, 70-year-old guys can be like, frogs now if they choose it to be emotionally and you know what we want and what i want as a conservative as 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 somebody who loves this country who who loves the constitution is really i don't want government dictating my life and what i'm seeing from the left is the government wanting to dictate life and the left being complacent to the government dictating their lives look at the masks look at everything going on in our culture right now in our societies right now and i think what trump did was really awaken the beast and i really think it scared the crap out of the corrupt politicians that have more of a marxist ideological view that are trying to implement something new in our country and the old school americans are starting to step up and say enough is enough what do you think well, I think it's something that the left just got to control our lives. We're trying to control reality as right. well. Like, Absolutely. I mean, transgender, it, it, like, I'm not trying to say offensive here, but like, there, there are people who claim to be transgender where it's, it's, they're, they're literally, nothing's changed. Like, they put in no effort. They just go, I'm a woman now. And I'm going, it's just like, listen. I'll call you whatever you want, but it's an emperor has no clothes situation yeah. where like, we all know, okay, like, you're still a guy, but we can't <laughs> say, dude, that yeah. guy. Right. Look at the person who was the health commissioner of of, of Pennsylvania. That's yeah. now what is she? Health and Human Services. He, yeah. he she, it, whatever. I mean, come on. Well, you did use the right pronoun. It's very respectful of you. But uh, yes, yes. No. she she he, also she she, she 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 also took her mother out of a nursing home right, right before that policy uh, was put in effect. There, I so. was going to say that oh. she knew enough to take her mother out of right. a nursing home, oh. but not everybody else. Which brings us back to your book, Matt Palumbo. Dumb and dumber. He's going to show it up. There it is again. <laughs> Make sure you get your copy, folks, in all the usual spots. And again, you can go to the uh, BonginoReport.com and it's at Matt Palumbo 12 on all social media, including Parlor, because Parlor's back up. We'll have to work on our, our end to get back on there, though. That's Rocky, I think that if our listeners and viewers will purchase Matt P- Palumbo's book tonight, Dumb and Dumber, that uh, for $5 more, I only you could only see three of my fingers there. Five dollars. He has more, all five of his fingers. Five dollars more. I'll autograph it. <laughs> oh. I'll autograph. It. So work that out in the store there, Rock. I don't think so. Well, I you know what? This so. is you know with the silencing of a lot of conservative voices going on in this country right now, and we say it on the show all the time, Matt, that it is crucial that we continue to support voices. This is why Donna and Donna myself have teamed up. Um, when they keep trying to shut us up, it gives us three times the power to want to be louder and louder and louder. So folks that are listening, this is important to us. This is why we do what we do. So please support those that come on this program, support those that are a voice, a voice for the conservative movement, libertarian movement, the Republican movement, uh, because without you, we are nothing. And so we're, we're beyond grateful for each and every one of you. Donna, let everybody know once again how they can follow Matt. Okay, again, it's uh, the Bongino Report, BonginoReport.com. At Matt Palumbo 12 is his uh, social media handle. And again, the book Dumb and Dumber and all the usual spots. And you can read him on the Bongino Report and the Debunk This column. And again, people like Dan Bongino and you, Matt. And, you know, unfortunately, Rush Limbaugh, we lost him. And 
people like Donald Trump. We're looking for leaders. We're looking for people, for 80 million people who feel disenfranchised right now. They know what's going on. And God bless you for the work you do over at the Bongino Report. And uh, again, support him and buy his book, Dumb and Dumber, because I might have a funny name. But you know what? It's an important book. And most of everything you do, Matt, is just amazingly important. And it's just great, uh, great work that you do. And, uh, and and please keep it up. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, look up Donna Fiducia and Don Noon at CowboyLogic.us. Look up right here, the Emotional Meatball, the PatrioticReport.com. Of course, you can find Don and Donna right over there as well. We thank each and every one of you for being here tonight for this special broadcast of The Situation Room. On behalf of Don Nguyen, on behalf of Donna Fiducia, and of course, on behalf of Matt Palumbo, I am Rocky Stucci. Ladies and gentlemen, until tomorrow night, much love, much respect. Until then, have a good night, everybody. Come on, day in my dark sunglasses. Come on, day in my, 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 come on, day in my,